Welcome to the Resonate Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy this week's message from guest speaker and church planter, Chris Clark. To kick off, my name is Chris. My beautiful wife Prudence is up the back there. We've got four amazing kids. And um, we've been called to start church in Naruma, which is, you know, that's, that's the simplest and easiest way to put it. And, um, you know, to, to bring a long story short about this journey is that, you know, if you're willing... God will lead you. He will. If you've got a willing heart and an openness to him, he will lead and guide you down the paths that he desires for your life. And that's, that's a testament that, that me and Prudence have in our lives. So I grew up in Coffs Harbour, but my family's from the Cooma area and I ended up back there after high school. And so I've, I've been in Cooma, or I was in Cooma for 17 years, which was actually the longest period of my life anyway, which was really quite incredible because when I first moved there, all I felt was cold <laughs> and distant from the coast because I love the coast. I always have had a love for the coast. And for the first three or four years, I reckon, being in Cooma, I was like, God, is this really where I need to be? And I reckon for those first three or four years in Cooma, I was like, yeah, I'll probably head back to the coast soon. I'll probably head back down to the coast soon. But I ended up being there for 17 years. And well, Prince has been there for about 16 years. She came up the year after me for, for an internship that the church was running at the time. And... Um, and we were just privileged to be raised in a church that was strongly Bible-based, strong teaching, and just given so many opportunities. So we've, between us, we've led in pretty much every ministry a church could probably offer. Um, the fact is, I've even assisted with women's ministry. I went along and helped set up and cook at times for, for women's. So we, we, we've had our hand in, in pretty much every sort of ministry there is. And I'll tell you what, in hindsight, we look back and we go, that's preparation. You know, that, that was just as important as what we're doing now, but it was also preparation for what do, God's doing now in our lives. So it's just really cool to see that in hindsight. And um, our heart for this coast has been there for quite some time. For me, it's been there since early 2000s when we came down to Eden for a, for a gathering one time and God just laid it upon my heart. He said, you're going to be part of something down, down this way. And for so long, I actually pushed that back, even though I really felt it was something real from God, I sort of pushed it aside because of my love for the coast. I just went, oh, it's just because I want to be near the surf again. It's just because I want to be near the coast again. And I kept on just saying, no, no, it, it's me, it's not God. But it stuck. And that really showed to me that that was God. And about five or six years ago, we came down to Naruma. It was something upon our pastor's heart in Kuma to start to pray over Naruma particularly. And we came down, myself and Prince came down for a weekend and we started just praying over the area and it was way back early in that early, early sort of prayer meetings that we both actually really felt, no, we're, we're going to be part of what's going to happen in this town. And we told our pastor at that time and at that time he wasn't so sure. He actually sort of went, well, yeah, we'll see, we'll see. And out of that, you know, he, again, being a great teacher and a great equipper, he, he opened up doors for me to do church planning, training and a whole lot of bits and pieces and slowly but surely, God convinced me as well because I wasn't so <laughs> totally convinced myself. Um, I think I really have bucked against this idea of being in, in, in senior leadership uh, for a long time. But at the same time, it's the road that God's taken me down. And as I said, if you're willing, God will lead you. So 18 months ago, we really did feel God say, no, it's time to put action to these, to these thoughts and these, these desires on your heart. And I think there was twofold reasons for that. I think it was one, so me and Prince could get our head around the whole idea of trying to move and the idea of planning a church. 
But I think it was also for our home church. We were really, really involved. We really were one of those key integral sort of couples in the church. And we knew that there would be a lot of gap once we left. And um, even though in that 18-month period, there were times we thought, oh, maybe this is going to be a shorter time period. But God was faithful to that. Even Like we really did feel it was going to be 18 months. And it pretty much was 18 months on the dot when we left Kuma. Um, and along the way, there was confirmations all the way of God just saying, no, this is right. You're making the right decisions. You're walking in the right direction. And I believe God will do that for you as well. When, when you're stepping out, taking those steps of faith, God will give you those confirmations. They're not always big, bright lights in the sky. They're not voices from heaven. But they're just those smaller situations and those small connections that happen that just go, yep, you're on the right track. And so 18 months at the start of it, we, we, we didn't really know what was going on down here. We didn't really know that many people. But in that 18 months... We've just seen something really stir over this, over this whole coastline. And yeah, Jacob and Kez, I think, are real, they're integral to that and they're part of that. And I'll tell you what, you guys are blessed to have this couple. I just want to say that from the front. You really are. They've got such a heart for this church, for each and every one of you, and for this whole coast. And it's just amazing to be able to partner with them. And, um, and just things like that, that for myself and Prudence, at the start of that 18 months, we felt, well, you know, we're sort of going in, you know, with nothing. But I'll tell you what, we, at, at, at the end of that 18 months, we've come in and we feel like we're on the crest of that wave. We haven't had to work it. We've just jumped on and gone for the ride. And it's just incredible. So some of the, some of the confirmations I do want to share was um, at the start of that 18-month period, we said, all right, well, we're probably going to have to sell our house. So we had our house in Cooma. Absolutely loved, you know, being able to renovate it and do it up ourselves and all that sort of thing. And we said, well... We probably need to sell this thing. So Prudence said, well, I love this house a lot, so I want this price. And she said a figure, which at that time, 18 months ago, in my mind, the logical part of my brain, just said, no way. <laughs> it was a figure that was just not on the market at that time for that sort of house and the, 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 the type of house it was and the quality it was. And I was just like, I'll believe with you, but that... Practical part of the man, man mind, I think, just goes, nah, not going to happen. But here's the, here's, the, here's the miracle. When we did sell that house end of last year, we got the exact figure that Prudence spoke 18 months prior, <laughs> which is just cool. It really is. Not only what it set us up ready for the next house, but the exact figure, which is just so cool because there were points there we thought, oh, we might have to sell slightly lower and Prudence was like, no, nope, we're going to get it and we did. Another one, and a more personal one, was that um, Prudence's sister lives in, in Cooma and she's been there for a couple of years now with her three kids that are very close to our kids. And really, her kids' best friends were our kids and we were just like, oh, it's really going to hurt them once we go because you know, they, they, they didn't really seem to be connecting with other kids as well as they would to, to their cousins. And so we were going, one of our prayers was like, God, please make sure there's some some fill-ins here for us once we go. And right up until you know, end of last year, we weren't sure. But I'll tell you what, I reckon Prudence might give me a nod here. It was probably in that last sort of two months before we left that all of a sudden, you know, Zach, Olivia and Matilda, they each picked up little friends along the way that they just started hanging out with more than they did our guys and just became those replacement friends, if you want to call it that, for them to sort of keep supporting them. And for us, particularly for me and Prudence, it's just like that's such a cool answer to prayer, um, that God was interested in the little things. 
He was interested in the kids, that, 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 that the kids that we were leaving wouldn't have gaps in their life, that they'd still have friends and people to, to go to around them, which was just so, so cool to see. So as I said, you know, if you're willing, God will lead you, and he will. He'll, he'll look after the details. So as I said, we sold our house. It was only on the market for a week. Sold the house, got the price that Prudence believed for. That next issue was obviously getting the house down the coast in Aruma. And if I'm sure it's similar along here, and I've been told it's similar right, right down the south coast, especially come around Christmas time and that summer break, to get a rental gets really hard. And so we went down with, with one option, which was a, a private rental, which was extortionately priced. And we're just like, well, heck, if that's all we can get, we'll have to just believe God for the funds to be able to pay for this thing. Um, and it ticked some of the boxes that we had, because Prudence... Prudence is one of these prayers where she goes to God with a specific list. And I'll tell you what, God ticks every one of them most of the time. It's really cool to see. And so this house ticks a few of those lists, but not all of them. And so we said, all right, we better go see the real estates as well. So we went around, checked out a few real estates. Pretty much all of them said, no, got nothing, got nothing, got nothing. Walked into one and they said, hey, we've actually just done a close on one of our properties. And somehow, I don't know how this works, but somehow we got first dibs on it. Because in, in, in my mind, I thought there would have been like a, a list of people waiting for a house and all that sort of scenario going on. But somehow we walked in and said, yep, we'll take it, sight unseen almost, um, and we got it. And the beautiful thing is, is that it ticked pretty much every box that Prudence had. So it had the four bedrooms that we wanted because we really, like we had a three-bedroom house in Cooma. We thought four would be great. That way the boys can have their own bedroom and we can spread out that bit more. Had the big yard and a flat yard. And if you know Naruma and coastal living in general, you're on the side of hills most of the time. And we've got a beautiful, nice big flat yard. And I tell you what, the bonus and the cream on top, especially for me, I think God looked after me, is that I've got a beautiful view right up down Mooney Beach, right up to Potato Point. And I can go out in that deck and just go, God, you are incredible every morning. It's just so, so cool that, as I said, God, God likes the details as well. So we moved in just before Christmas and we were blessed to be able to just enjoy January. We had our holiday. And I'll tell you what, at the time, I don't think we realised it, but we needed it. Me and Prudence, we were so active, so involved uh, in Cooma and just had put so much energy in, in, into life and church up there that to be able to just kick back over January, enjoy the beach and enjoy the coast was just such a blessing. And as I said, you know, God looks after those details. So the fact is we are on the ground and the next step is, obviously, we're starting this church. And for us, church is more, so much more, than just this gathering that happens on a Sunday morning. And so that's not how we're starting. We, we, we didn't want to go in there and just start a Sunday morning service because church is more than that and needs to be more than that. And that's why I love Jacob and Kez's uh, vision for this church with the micro churches and just, just branching out into the life of church, not just the activity of church. And so our first six months in the room, we, we really believe, isn't about starting the church. It's about actually discovering what that church is going to be. And the way we do that is discovering the community that we're in. So we're getting into that community. We're starting to just really meet people. We're starting to, to just connect with, with different community groups and, 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 and areas that we're involved in. So the preschool and the primary school and, and things like that. And already God's bringing people into our lives that are just amazing people and two of them are sitting here today so it's a real blessing to have them here with us as, as well today 
And so God's brought, you know, believers and non-believers around us, but they're key connections. Some of these people are just central to the community. Some of these people are just been there a long time and got such a heart for their community. And we really believe that all these connections are going to bring together a strong church for Naruma. We've also taken the time to go and meet the other ministers in the area. And I'll tell you what, at first they were a bit wary. Here we are coming in saying, hey, we're here to plant a church. But once we sat down, had a coffee and started to share our vision and share our heart, we've built some really strong relationships with these people. And we're seeing strengths in what they're doing. And we really believe that what we're going to do is not going to compete with that, it's going to complement that. And we're going to be working with the kingdom of God in Naruma. And it's just so exciting to see that unity, even in its earliest seeds, start to happen. And, you know, again, the way God works. Last year I was able to do two terms work at the, the high school in Naruma. The, the chaplain that was there had gone on maternity leave. And so I was able to come in for two terms. And for me, it was just a step in the door and just an opportunity to be on the ground. But the great thing is that's now opened the door. Myself and Prudence, what, two weeks ago now? We were able to start, or we're into our third week, we were able to start an ISCF group in the high school at lunchtime. So the chaplain was unofficially running something, but she said, no, let's get this going properly. And so myself and Prudence were there, and last week we had 20 kids show up. And, you know, these are kids, not all of them from church background. These are just kids coming in through the relationship with the chaplain who's just done an amazing job. And, um, yeah, kids are starting to talk about God and talk about Scripture and, and actually hear words of life, which is just so cool. And slowly but surely, little, little things are starting to pop up where we're starting to talk about starting life communities and, and that small group sort of setting where we can just start to gather people together to talk about the Bible, to talk about church, to talk about life, to talk about their community. And it's just so cool to see what happens. So we're, we're really excited to be able to keep you guys up to date, I guess, as we progress. Um, because the fact is there is going to be some happenings soon I'm going to speak that out in faith. In the not-too-distant future, there's going to be some more, I guess, official things starting to happen for Naruma, which is so exciting. So that's our journey so far. So, yeah, be encouraged in that and just know that, you know, when you're willing, God will lead you. He really will. So that's, that's part of my message. But the main one I wanted to share with you today, I really feel is a real, just a, a message of encouragement. As I was putting this together, I, I just really just went, God, you know, what is this for? And not only is it just a general encouragement, but, but I really do feel there's some people here that are going through some things that just need to know that in the midst of what you're going through, number one, God is there. But what you've heard God say and what you've heard God leading you into is there, is real. And he's faithful to that. You know, as you can hear from our testimony, we've, we've had these, this experience over the last 18 months of God just faithfully leading and faithfully fulfilling and, and confirming things the whole way. But the fact is, you know, I still have those moments where I'm just like, God, am I getting it right? Am I, am I hearing you right? Am I following you right? Am I really in the right place? But we are in the presence of a God who's faithful. He is so faithful. You know, all through Scripture, we see God making promises, promise after promise after promise. Jesus made promise after promise after promise. And he really is the great promise maker, but he's also equally the great promise keeper. Amen? 
So the fact is, you know, he, as I said, his word's full of these sorts of promises. And some of these you've probably posted on Facebook. You've stuck them on a wall. They might even be just one of those key sort of favourite verses. So let's, I'm just going to quickly breeze over a few of them. You know, Joshua 1.9, you know, be strong and courageous for the Lord will be with you. You know, Philippians 4.19, that he will meet all your needs. I'm just paraphrasing these. Psalm 50.15, that he will deliver us. Psalm 86.5, that he is forgiving and good. Uh, Exodus 14, 14, that he'll fight for us. This is, this is my mum's favourite verse. Isaiah 40, 29 to 31, that he'll give strength to the weak, that will rise up on those wings like eagles, amen? Isaiah 43, 2, that he will be with us. James 1, 5, you know, that if, when we ask, that he'll give wisdom. 2 Chronicles 7, 14, that he'll hear our prayers. Deuteronomy 31.8, that he'll never leave us or forsake us, and that's mirrored in the New Testament as well in Hebrews. Another big favourite that a lot of people like to quote and grab a hold of, Jeremiah 29.11, that he has great plans for us. You know, John 3.16, you know, the most memorable verse out there, you know, that, you know, he, that we will find eternal life in Jesus. It's a promise. John 8.36, that he'll set us free, the truth will set us free. Malachi 3.10, talking about our finances, that he'll, he will bless us financially. You know, Mark 11.24, he will answer our prayers. Romans 8.28, another one of those memorable ones, that he'll work all things out for those that love him. Philippians 4.6-7, that he'll give us peace. James 5.14-15, that he'll heal us. When we lay the hands and go to the elders and ask for prayer, that he'll heal us. Matthew 6.33, that he'll provide all our needs. So a quick tip I want to just sort of add over the top of all those verses, you know, some great verses there. But make sure we read around those things because pretty much every one of those promises, some are universal in the sense they're just given and there's no, there's, no, uh, there's no alternate consequence and there's no part on us. It's just God saying, look, I love you and this is going to happen. But most of them, when you read around them, says, when you do this, this promise comes true. There's a step in it. And for some of those verses, there's a consequence side to it as well. If you don't do this, here's the consequence. And I'll tell you what, a bit like how Gabe sort of presented that verse before, you know, some of them sound a bit harsh, but it gives such a depth and a breadth to these promises. It shows that God's real about this. He's not just spouting out little things like, 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 like we can as people. He's saying, no, come on, when you obey this principle, when you follow this, this step, these things happen. So I've got two more verses, two more promises I want to share with you today. And these ones you probably won't necessarily find people posting on Facebook all that often. You probably won't find those pretty little scripture memes that, that pop up on, on, on social media. John 15, 20 says, Do you remember what I told you? A slave is no greater than the master. Since they persecuted me, naturally, they'll persecute you. And if they, ha if they had listened to me, then they would listen to you. Another one, Matthew 5.11. God blesses you when people mock you and persecute you and lie about you and say all sorts of evil things against you. It's a nice pretty verse, isn't it? Because you are my followers. Those are equally promised by God. But this is why I'm saying this is an encouragement. Is that 
we are promised both battle and victory. And the fact is, you can't truly have victory without battle. You get what I'm saying here? You can't win without having the game. It just doesn't happen. So to be living a victorious life means that you've gone through the battle. And so what I want to affirm to you today is that there's people here that have either come through a battle, you might be currently in that battle, and you might be at the other side of a battle. Wherever you are on that scale, I want you to know that God is with you in that journey, no matter where you are at. Every step, every failure, every victory, every pain, every hardship, I believe that he feels it every bit as much as you. And he is so faithful. He is so faithful, not just in the battle, but in the victory as well. He's true to his word, both in the battles and the victory. Jesus promised us that it will be a battle, that we will face trials, that we will face temptations and persecutions. But the beauty of battle is, is it actually recreates. It destroys, but it creates, it reshapes, it exposes, it causes growth. It's our attitude and our response to that battle that brings the victory out the other side. So if you do have your Bibles, and this is a scripture we're going to throw up for today, I just want to focus on this scripture to finish up. It's out of 2 Timothy. So it'll be up on the screens. If you've got your Bibles, you can definitely follow along. But I love the imagery in this scripture and I love the promise that uh, that finishes off with. So we're we're reading 2 Timothy. We're starting in chapter 2, verse 3, reading through to 13. And I'll just read through and then I'm just going to quickly break down a few things. So it says, You have heard me teach. Oh no, verse 3, worry. Endure suffering along with me as a good soldier of Christ Jesus. Soldiers don't get tired, tied up in the affairs of civilian life, for they cannot please the officer who enlisted them. And athletes cannot win the prize unless they follow the rules. And hardworking farmers should be the first to enjoy the fruits of their labour. Think about what I'm saying. The Lord will help you understand all these things. Always remember that Jesus Christ, a descendant of King David, was raised from the dead. This is the good news I preach. And because I preach this good news, I'm suffering and I've been chained up like a criminal. But the word of God cannot be chained. So I'm willing to endure anything if it will bring salvation and eternal glory in Christ Jesus to those God has chosen. This is a trustworthy saying. If we die with him, we will also live with him. If we endure hardship, we will reign with him. If we deny him, he will deny us. If we are unfaithful, he remains faithful, for he cannot deny who he is. Now, Paul at this point, he's encouraging Timothy from the place of battle. He's in prison. He's in chains at this time. So he's not just giving some pep talk. He's talking about this from from his place of of hardship from his place of battle. He's speaking from that personal place. And I love the visual that he gives here to believers, that we're not just common. We've been called into something, something specific, 
We're called to be soldiers. We're called to be athletes. We're called to be hardworking farmers. I just love that imagery that Paul sort of paints into that scripture that, you know, no, you're soldiers. And so don't get tied up in just common things. You know, you're an athlete. Make sure you obey those rules. Follow the course that God's let before you. You know, you're a hardworking farmer. Know that there is a reward and a fruit coming. He also gives some perspective in his hardship, saying, you know, out of everything that I'm going through, the one thing that keeps me going is the person of Jesus Christ. He is the good news. Not just what he said, but who he is, what he did. Jesus is the good news. And we need to grab a hold of that. It's not just something we add to our life. It's not just something that we, we know intellectually. It's knowing the person, having that personal connection and that personal revelation of who Jesus is. Go with that. Go with that as the good news in your life. But he finishes with what he calls a trustworthy saying, that if we die with him, we'll also live with him. It's a promise of eternal life. He's the great promise keeper. Listen to these promises. If we endure hardship, we will reign with him. It's a promise of eternal reward. When you walk this journey well, there is a reward. It's not why we do it, but there is. He's a loving father. He wants to lavish on us. He wants to overflow us with greatness. And I love the beautiful imagery in Revelations where it says, you know, yeah, they've got crowns, but they're just straight taking them off, throwing them before the throne. The third promise, and it is still a promise, that if we deny him, he will deny us. And I'll tell you what, for me, that really paints that picture that he, he, no, he, he promised us freedom, that freedom of choice. And he's given that to every human being. All of mankind has been given that free will to choose. If we are unfaithful, he remains faithful. It's a promise of a promise keeper. He's saying, no, even if you choose not to deny me, if you choose to deny me, I'll keep that promise as well. Because sometimes we... We desire God to be like we are sometimes, where we just let things slide. But I'll tell you what, that's not God's character. Sometimes we want it to be, because that's how we see ourselves. But God's character is more than what we are. Amen? And that's why it finishes with one more promise, that he cannot deny who he is. It's a promise of character. And that word there in the Greek that speaks faithful, is saying that it's a person who shows themselves faithful in the transaction of business, the execution of commands or the discharge of official duties. It is one who kept to the faith, worthy of trust, one that can be relied on. And the fact is that's God. And God is all of that and more. He is faithful, ever faithful. And that promise of character just paints so much into that. So one verse just to finish. And I think we've got this up on the screen as well. Hebrews 6, 17 to 19 says, God also bound himself with an oath so that those who received the promise could be perfectly sure that he would never change his mind. So God has given both his promise and his oath. These two things are unchangeable because it is impossible for God to lie. He cannot deny himself. 
Therefore, we who have fled to him for refuge can have great confidence. Not just confidence, not just a little bit of confidence, but great confidence as we hold to the hope that lies before us. And this hope is a strong and trustworthy anchor for our souls. It leads us through the curtain into God's inner sanctuary. And I'll tell you what, I had that verse sitting with me a couple of weeks leading into this, but John confirmed it for me last week with his word, talking about that inner sanctuary, that that place where we are intimate with God. And it's these promises. It's that hope and that confidence that we can have in the great promise keeper that ties us to that place of intimacy. It's an anchor. It locks us into it. And the fact is that goes beyond circumstance. That goes beyond the hardships and the battles you're going through or going through or will go through. It's not based on circumstance. God is faithful. A good couple of weeks ago, Jacob shared a a quote, and I think it was technically a Benny Graham quote somewhere in the past, where it says, you know, it's okay. I've read the end of the story. We win. And the fact is that, again, for me, that just paints God's character so well that he's given us scripture in such a way. He's given us the word of God structured and built and, and orchestrated in such an amazing way that we can go to that. And if, even if that's all we had, we could have just complete confidence in the promises of God. But we know that he's more than that, isn't he? He's given us more than enough. He's given us the Holy Spirit to have just intimacy and personal connection with him. He's given us each other so we can lift each other up. He's given us the gifts of the Spirit to just, you know, go beyond the natural and go into the supernatural to lift each other up and to benefit each other and to, to, to be just such an influence and effect on our communities, our families and those around us. So God sees you in your ups, he sees you in your downs. But grab a hold of the fact that he is faithful. He is so faithful. Can I pray for you, church? Lord God, I thank you so much for this church. I thank you for its leaders. I thank you for the people, Lord God, that are getting behind the vision for this area, for this for not just this town, Lord God, for this whole South Coast. And Lord God, I know, Lord God, that you're calling people out. You're calling people out into their world in new and fresh ways. And I pray, Lord God, that in the midst of life, with those ups and those downs, with those battles and those victories that we have, I pray, Lord God, that we can hold on to your truth ever so stronger, that we can hold on to your promises ever so stronger, that we can step out with such confidence and such faith that no matter the obstacle, no matter the circumstance, we can stand strong and confident in you. So Lord, I pray your voice is heard. I pray your leading and your guiding, Lord God, is clear for this church, is clear for its leaders, Lord God. And as they take those steps of faith, Lord God, that you will meet them every step of the way, that you're interested in the detail. And as they're willing, Lord God, you will lead. We thank you for that. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. 
Thank you for listening to the Resonate Podcast. Jesus, my love, my God.